Welcome to Crashing Game Night. My name is Matt Zioria. On tonight's episode, the voice of Aerith herself, Brie White, is Crashing Game Night with us. How are you doing, Brie? I'm doing excellent. How are you? Doing well. And uh, Brie and I are joined by, of course, the one Gerard Barrera. Hello, all my fellow nerds. This is a glorious day, and we have an amazing guest for you. Thank you for joining us, and uh, let's get to it. And then, of course, uh, Lions Mane, as always, Jason Baladio is with us. The main. How's it going, guys? How's it going today? <laughs> it's good. Very good. Um, so, yeah, Bree, how's your week been? I mean, you've been having, you had a nice little fun travel experience up to Boston. That's right. Yeah, this week is all about, uh, has been all about recovery since last weekend was all about packs. So mm-hmm. I, uh, I knew I'd be exhausted after packs. So I made sure to schedule in at least two or three days of defined rest days. And, uh, you know me, I did no resting at all. So. <laughs> Good job, did Brianna. You, did you end up with the Pax flu, as everyone calls it? You know what? I did not get the Pax pox. But pox, I like that. Yeah, that's, I've heard Pax pox, Pax plague. Uh, yeah, I keep hearing about it. But <laughs> so far, so far, so good. Um, of course, you know, some illnesses have that two week incubation period, so I might <laughs> yeah, not be which, safe, but for now I'm, I'm feeling good. Which, yeah, for the three of you, you guys are all in that new pocket, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, I'm it's not, all right. Yeah. Don't really go to Costco. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> don't go to Costco. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Love it. I love I love Casa, but you know it's it's a uh, it's quite a mess. You know the madhouse right now. Oh yeah, I had a picture earlier and it was just oh man. Oh boy. It's it's it's, it's chaos. Preppers and doomsday, like this is it. This a is lot the of day. People, gotta... A lot of people are getting a little bit uh, too paranoia, too par- too much paranoia. Yes. Yeah, that's that's kind of my opinion on it too. Hmm. I think that kind of comes to the territory more, more and more people get a little, have that like fear mongering mm-hmm. where I, I feel like a few years back, it was like, well, there's, there was only like a few incidents here We're we're fine. But now more and more people I think are more, a, a bit more fearful. So mm. it's crazy. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think it's helped by the, uh, the media thriving on no. those clicks. So I, I think that Perfect. there's a certain level you have to balance, you know, staying aware and, um, you know, letting people know it is serious. So do wash your hands and take good care of yourself. But on mm. the other hand, you know, you don't have to freak out. Let's stop, you know, buying everything out and <laughs> making it so that no one can go shopping anymore. That's yeah. a bit much. <laughs> That's the same thing it is when people, when it, you know, they find out we're going to get like a foot of snow out here in Virginia. It's like, oh my God, we got to go buy everything and stock up. And I'm like, me, the Colorado guy, I'm going, let's go out and play. <laughs> <laughs> So, Bree, let's let's talk about your uh, your career here. You know, okay. everybody, everybody that's listening to the podcast knows that, you know, FF7. But you've done more than just FF7. You know, have I? Um, have you? <laughs> well, I mean, you have a little bit of an IMDB there. Thank you. Um, you know, made, He's a little uh, guy. Made, He's still growing. <laughs> He's still growing. But hey, you know what? Everybody starts somewhere. You know, that's at right. some point mm-hmm. you have to have. Even, I mean, I mean, John, when you talk to him about like how his career started, it was like he wanted to do voiceovers for like co- corporation videos and stuff. So y'all start somewhere. That's right. Yeah. So um, you've been kind of as far as according to your IMDb, you've been acting in shorts and TV movies and a couple of features since 2010. Um, so we're going yeah, on a decade of that. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, your career highlights. um which these are some that people understand is you were on an episode of Criminal Minds Beyond Borders. I was. That short, I mean, it was a great series, short-lived, but it was great. Yeah, I really enjoyed it, too. I love the international aspect of it. And you were also in Popstar, Never Stop, Never Stopping. You were uncredited for that, though. So how did you manage that one, to be in the movie but uncredited? Well, it it is one of my saddest career moments to date, uh-oh. That I filmed for it, but they cut my part in the final cut. 
Oh, and I wasn't uh, even in the deleted scenes or anything like that. So I have nothing uh, to show for it at all. Oh, that's sad day. Yeah. But I did actually have a line across from Andy Samberg in the movie, which would have been so cool to show. Um, But now all I can do is talk about it wistfully. Wistfully. (laughs) Fond memories. Oh, what a bummer. And yeah, it was supposed were... to be like a like a fun outdoor pool shoot, and then uh, it was raining that day, so they couldn't use any oh, of the footage. I'm guessing, uh, or just that's... you know, I never know. Like maybe I just sucked so bad. They were like, "God, get this scene <laughs> out of here. This girl nah, is so I, nah, bad." Yeah. I'm sure it was because of time. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you remember the line? Um, I'm. Yeah, um, but I don't know if I'm allowed to say it. I don't know if it's like oh. NDA because it's like it's part of the script and it's like really it's a very specific joke. So, oh. I don't know. Yeah. Which we hear all about not violating NDAs. Thank yes. you. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've had, you know, we've had other voice actors on and that was one thing we pride ourselves on. We don't ever dive into anything that you. you could get you in trouble for. Thank no. you. Um, and then finally, you were also in no Occupants bueno. With, no bueno. uh, with Robert Picardo. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which a lot of people, if they know that name, not only was he Ms. Meg in the movie Legend with Tom Cruise, but he was also the doctor on Star Trek Voyager. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how was it working with like Gary Sinise, Robert Picardo, Andy Samberg, some some of the guys that are known within Hollywood ranks? I totally forgot he was in Legend. Most That's people so do. I totally he's forgot so he was much in Legend. Makeup. That's right. And he's got like he's got three lines. That's it. That's so gnarly. Yeah, I, most I'm people sorry. mentioned him. I totally him forgot about Star that. Star Trek. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's mostly Star Trek. I was like, yeah. he's a okay. Legend. But yeah, Jerry, you should know I'm a nerd like that. I love Legend. Tom Cruise, Tim Curry as Darkness himself. Yeah. Wow. You know, Jennifer, Jennifer Connelly. No, I, that's I not Jennifer Connelly. That's um, it's the one Her from twin? First Bueller's. It's from First Bueller's Day Off. Um, oh, that's Mia, right. Um, I, I get that confused all the time. Yeah. Okay, wait though, because Jennifer Connelly, I'm pretty sure, is the same person as Demi Moore. They I'm pretty sure they are the same person, okay. and there's a giant conspiracy. In Hollywood to make them seem like two people, but I get them mixed up every time I see them. <laughs> they every totally time. do look alike. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that was a fun tangent. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mia uh, Sarah is the, the one that played Lily. The, the okay, princess. Okay, okay. Also in Fast Times, that's right. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, Ferris Bueller's, that's right, that's yep. right. Oh, wow. Uh, so the question, if I remember, was how is it to work with some some big Hollywood guys? Yeah. Um, to which my response would be, uh, it felt super natural and not like supernatural. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't like paranormal. No, it was just very uh, like I felt like I had been kind of training for it my whole life. I felt like all of the sets that I've been on have been exceedingly professional and that's all I've ever wanted out of the acting industry. You know, like you said, I've been acting since I was, you know, in the little babyest short film in college, you know, a student film, you know, it was their first thing they've ever filmed ever. And back in, um, back in my day um, at NYU, (laughs) At NYU, they actually um, held on to this idea that you should film, you should learn to film on film first. So Mm -hmm. a lot of my first short films were actually on film. And if you've never worked with film before, um, it's an absolute disaster. (laughs) Very true. Second of the day. (laughs) I totally agree. You should go through the process. I even think you should like further like learn how to edit. But that's a bit overboard. But um, I was the same I way. I can't imagine. I, I, um, I, try, I tried. I learned a little bit on how to edit, how to cut and splice. 
Um, but it was, uh, and then the <laughs> machines and it's a whole uh, thing. They had to like edit at the editing bay instead of like at home <laughs> in the comfort, like in their yeah. PJs. Yeah. Yeah. But that was Ugh. my, that's how I first learned. And then, uh, I, I, I actually got really, really like over the editing process. Cause it was like, dude, this is, <laughs> this is a lot. Like this is for yeah. that time. And so I went back to like, yeah, editing and, in uh, Final Cut Pro and all of that, but it was a cool experience in learning on how to do it. You know, yeah. with photography, I think it's the same way too because I learned on film. I learned I film, all I still of that. Think um, the dark room, uh, processing your own pictures. I think that's the best way to do it, even though it's more expensive. I also enjoyed the dark room uh, immensely. Oh yeah, I learned all of it. How to even develop my own film. You know, do the darkroom work, all of that. And honestly, understanding that one frame is one click and you it's captured. That's it. You can't do anything about it. Whereas with digital, I can take a picture, look at the back of my camera, go mm, lighting's not as great. Let's do some settings, change it on the fly. Nah, film, man, it's it's one and done. And I loved it. And it made me appreciate especially black and white, because black and white film is just so much better than digital. So it's something... I don't know. I think that's a generational thing. I'm kind of like out with the old and with the new. Oh, trust me. <laughs> I, once I went, once I went digital though, I, yeah. I realized I could take shots like with waterfalls and stuff that I could never do with 35 millimeter sure. because yeah. it just can't keep up with the shutter speeds. So trust me, I love to move the digital editing on my computer. Like you said, in my PJs or whatever, just yep. there, but it makes still it so kind of easier. miss, miss oh. the old film. Yeah. I miss I'm the dark room. I miss, I miss dark, dark room. room. I miss film, but you got to adapt or die. And really, like nowadays, mm -hmm. you got to go digital. Like, you have to. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's just, I mean, just so just much a quicker. Lot, so much freedom. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, but I do respect a lot of those directors that, uh, especially uh, recently, a few years ago, um, Argo, Ben Affleck was very adamant about using uh, 35 millimeter. And he did. He, that whole movie shot in. In film, I can definitely see the textural difference, and I can understand it um, artistically. But uh, I would not want to be on a set where we're filming with actual film, based on my experiences with students working on it. Um, and I distinctly remember we had already been shooting a film for about twelve hours because every student film has twelve-hour days. Um, maybe it was even more than that. Maybe it was our fifteenth hour, something ridiculous. And, um, we were getting our very last shot and halfway through, we ran out of film. We were oh all my God. hungry. Oh. We were all tired. Oh. So the, did you, did you guys decide to like, did you have to cut the day and come back or no, did you, no, did they of were course like, That's not. It? no, they were like, we're going to change the film reel. So they went into the oh, closet. Oh, they sure did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so they went into the closet. They sealed up all the light and they're, they're feeling their way into changing the film in the mm -hmm. camera. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And uh, at one point, and we're just listening through the closet door. At one point they say, shit. Oh, and we're no. all like, what? And they're like, it's tangled. And so they had to like sit through completely respooling it. And we're hungry. We're tired. It's freezing. We're exhausted mentally, emotionally. And we just need to get the last five seconds of footage. And oh, oh I will never goodness. forget that experience. And I will, I will never work on film ever again. <laughs> That's a, like a bad Snickers. <laughs> really it was yeah. awful. It was awful, awful experience. Um, but, uh, that being said, having come from from that comparison and then working on like a professional set, it feels really, really good. Um, yeah. It feels really great to be to be everybody at their best, most efficient and um, at their kindest as well. Um, one thing that's really surprised me in all the sets that I've been on, especially meeting Gary Sinise, um, he was just so exceedingly thoughtful and kind Um when he did not have to be, you know, getting our makeup done in the trailers. Um, and I think that there's a lot of, um, rumors or stories about, you know, Hollywood types being elitist and, and awful and divas. 
but that has not been my experience with, with anyone that I've worked with. I have only experienced that a few times along with, um, I've had, I've only had one job where we shot in film and luckily it went smooth. It wasn't that it was a short film and, but it was a world war two themed, uh, short film, which got me worried. Like, Oh God, if anything goes wrong, exact, like it's just going to be terrible. But, um, yeah, the more professional it is, the more everyone's kind of just happy. Like, because everyone's getting their their stuff their their work done and they know what they're doing. Yes, exactly. Um, I I have been on some like Hallmark and uh, uh, smaller sh- shoots where it's just everyone's crying about how much they're getting paid. We're at we're averaging eighteen hours. Uh, multiple. Ooh. No. Uh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Multiple um, location. Because we're doing multiple pages a day. So it was just, it's just like, it's night and day when you're at a professional shoot and when you're at like, we're on a budget, like low grade Hallmark movie where. There's definitely something to be said for time is money and you don't need to spend the time if you have the money. And so that's, that's definitely true. And that's why on the bigger budget and occupants was actually super low budget, but it was also, you know, very, um, bare bones. And we had a great director who was able to like rally the troops. So, um, there was nobody there who didn't have like a really immense love for the project and wanting to do everything right and be professional. Um, but, uh, yeah, all of the other sets had the budget and, um, it showed. You You mentioned that about occupancy is like, I was watching your film reel as I was kind of, you know, verifying my notes and stuff. And I was like, you know, that actually seems like an interesting movie. I'm actually going to try and find it. You should check it out. It's on Amazon. You can rent it on Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. It is is a really interesting concept. Um, For those who don't know, it's um, a couple are um, focused on healthy, clean living and a a detox diet. And so they, uh, rent these video cameras and they, uh, want to document their journey. And, uh, the seed is planted that, uh, when you detox, sometimes, um, you know, all that junk is out of your system and you can actually access another reality. And, uh, of course, chaos ensues. Yes. Yeah, it's a thriller. It's a really interesting concept. The idea of like alternate realities, it actually That's kind of interesting. So like if you're clear you, you clear your body, you clear your mind, and then you are open to Yeah. Something that's, other. That's the idea of it. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. Um it it is super interesting in the way that um it navigates with the lore. Um and it, it actually really inspired people and uh it spawned its own comic book too. So there was a comic oh, book cool. spin off in the same universe as occupants, yeah. And there's been some rumor about an Occupants 2, a sequel to it. So Ooh, we're going to see how that goes. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, it was a lot of fun to be a part of. So talking about some chaos because of everything surrounding it and all the opinions, let's talk Final Fantasy 7. Let's do it. So with your film career, right, this was your first voiceover accredited on IBM, or, uh, IMDb. So what was the audition process like for you? And like, how did you find out? How did, did they approach you? Did you just see a posting for it? Uh, yeah. So they found me through my theatrical agent. Um, the casting office did. So I have never done a voiceover thing ever before. And, um, they, they found me just on, from my theatrical agent, the casting director watched my demo that's on IMDb, uh, the same one that's on there right now and said, Oh, she could work. Let's bring her in. Um, I imagine that if they, <laughs> I don't know this for sure, but I imagine that they auditioned a lot of people if they thought, let's bring this inexperienced noob in, um, <laughs> cause they were looking for something specific. And so, um, in getting the audition, I of course knew a little bit about the character, but I hadn't played the original game. So, um, I immediately started researching. I started watching scenes from Advent children, crisis core. Yes. Um, I Very read cool. up in her, I mean, she has character bios like crazy on every, mm-hmm. you know, oh, FF, yeah. everything. So I, I, I just consumed as much as I could. Uh, I learned about the other voice actors, listened to their voices. 
um, and just kind of um, sat right here at this desk that I'm at right now. And I just said some lines, listened back, thought a little bit more of this. And then I said some more lines, listened back and thought, "Mm, I'll adjust it a little bit like this. And then I just kind of like created a a voice that I thought fit her really well and that, um, that fit me as well and went in and, uh, I guess they liked it. (laughs) (laughs) Of course they did. Yeah. Um, yeah. (laughs) I still, so, feel, I still feel very lucky that I even got to audition, let alone that they, they chose me. And that seems to be the the common thought process from everybody. You know, when I've heard some different things from it, and like, especially with talking with John, he's like, to find out that he was auditioning for the very character he loved growing up, he yeah. was like, oh my God. It's like, this thing is special. I don't think... I mean, you guys now seeing the fans, especially with packs and whatnot, I think you guys can kind of understand how special this game is to a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. It's yeah. been a long time coming. Everyone's been waiting for it, including this one. Yeah. This has been something I've been, uh-huh. I've, been want, I've wanted this since like 2012. I've been talking about when, I, when Jason and I first worked at our video game shop. Yeah, like this is something I've wanted for years. Like this needs to be remade, and they're taking way too way too long. <laughs> we made him a we made him apologize at E3 last year. What? So he oh, yeah. was this naysayer, and he was like, "We're not getting a de- we're not going to get a, a date, we're not going to get a trailer, we're not going to get anything at E3." This so we all made a, a other postponement uh, of the game yeah. and, and everything. So I was just like, I was a little. I was I was a little upset, you know. Sure. <laughs> so he was salty. He was straight yeah, up salty. Was a salty. So we made a bet on the podcast. We said, okay, if you get a date and a trailer, or we get to play it at E3, we're gonna make you apologize. And we got all three. So we got all three. Yeah. So we ended up doing a live video on YouTube of him in front of the Square Enix booth. Right there on the show floor, and he had to do the Spider-Man, um, the end of the Spider-Verse, Peter Parker dance. <laughs> the Spider-Man, th- I That's did the Spider-Man bet. three dance, to yeah. be pre- to yeah. be precise. Yes. Well, if you want to Spider-Man three, emo, too, but, the um, emo, Tommy McGuire. Yeah. Hey. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey. That was my punishment, and then I had to say I apologize to Square Enix. Yes. <laughs> yep. I was hoping. And, and I was hoping we'd you. be able to. I was hoping we'd be able to do it in front of Neil, but he was having to head over to the booth to take care of some stuff. So we went ahead and just filled it right there. Nice. Um, And then I turned it into a TikTok this past week. Perfect. Um, So with that, I know you've played some other Final Fantasies from listening to um, your ending for Final Fantasy 15 on your Twitch stream. So it's kind of, I'm starting to catch up on your channel. Oh, it's, thank you. I'm trying as much as I, you know, 40 hour week job, new baby and, and all that. I'm, I'm trying to catch up. Um, well, that means a lot so to me, what, despite being busy that you're watching my content at all. Thank you. I'm trying. <laughs> I appreciate it. I do. Yeah. Um, you know, just like I'm trying to listen to all the podcasts I used to listen to because I listen to, you know. Um, yeah, I have a lot to catch you know, up on too. What's good games and kind of funny and, um, Drew Kreisman, who does Final Fantasy Weekly, um, you know, his Rockies podcast has been trying to keep up with that, trying to keep up with Soldier First Class's content. There's which a lot. Yeah, I can't anymore. But, you know, I, I try, um, you know, especially with running, you know, the podcast with us writing articles for this. So um, what Final Fantasy games have you played? So I played Final Fantasy 14. That was my first one, which is their I MMO. Jason's crazy about that. <laughs> oh, yeah? Oh, my gosh, me too. What server yeah. are you on? I'm on uh, Brunhilder. Gotcha. Like, I'm on Exodus. Exodus? Oh, yes, yeah. yeah. Um, different data servers. So I just recently checked my playtime, and I'm, you know, over 1,700 hours in. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I'm That's like a legit. big Final Fantasy fourteen fan. Um, I'm just a little bit obsessed. They've taken way too much of my money. It's really not fair. They basically, at this point, Square Enix and I are like even for payment for like, I did Final Fantasy VII Remake and like, but the amount of money that I've spent on 14, it like balances out. Um, (laughs) 
But uh, yeah, so I played a lot of a lot of fourteen. That was a lot of fun. What role um, do you play? Um, my my main is red mage. Right, main red mage. I I came up through a realm reborn as a black mage, and oh, yeah, uh, black when mage. red mage came out in Stormblood, I went crazy because it was everything I loved about black mage, but a lot quicker, and that really suited me. So I switched over to red mage main, and then That's since true. then I have built up a white mage. Um, and then I thought, wow, they're coming out with blue mage. I'm going to love this. And then I yeah. hated it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I didn't love all that at all. Do you want to say hi? Come on in, pup. Say hi to the Aww. good people. She's bothering me. So I have hmm. to give her a little bit of attention. Hey, that's, that's, that's Atari. Not a okay. <laughs> it, yeah, his it, name is Atari? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's Atari? so adorable. Oh, that's yeah, a it's name. a really cute name for this little oh. girl, huh? Hi. Wow. Okay. Um, so yes, hey, we, uh, don't mind, we don't mind, cra- we don't mind Atari crashing game night. I mean, occasionally oh, my son, my son will just like, he'll be up. He'll, you know, my wife had to go yeah. take care of something. So he'll come <laughs> hang out with a, you know, my two year old and, oh, and whatnot. It's kind of entertaining. Oh. Um, Sorry. Just so we're, we're perfectly okay, fine with that. So, um, so, so yeah, yeah so I 14, played 14, 14 and then I yeah. played 15 on the channel. Oh. Yeah. And that's it. Wow. And now I'm playing seven on the channel, the original. For your oh, first you playthrough. For my first playthrough, yeah. Oh. It was kind of funny. I was listening to the uh, the latest one with you and Erica on it, and you're like, "Oh yeah, they get extra uh, damage for back attack." John told me that. I was like, "Okay, that kind of tipped me off that you hadn't ever played the game." Yeah. And um, you were, I mean, honestly, I know you know with what you kind of know a little bit about what's what's happening with the seven remake you guys don't know the final final cut yet but you're in for a treat this is the story and everything the original story is i love it yeah Yeah, it's actually been really interesting because so many people when they play remake or when they watch the trailers for remake they have that feeling of wow this is exactly how i envisioned it this is Mm -hmm. this is exactly um you know it's crazy that i got to see it in four pixels before and now i get to see it in hd that's really interesting because i have the exact equal and opposite experience Mm -hmm. like i feel like i've i know more about remake obviously because that was what i was a part of first and then to go back and see its source material is really special Mm -hmm. because i make the same comparisons of wow that's that's the same thing word for word but then i have it in past time travel instead of future time travel. <laughs> so it's really, really an interesting yeah. experience. Hopping into DeLorean. Yeah. All of us appreciate this game so much because yeah. that's exactly why. This, all of us grew up on that, on the on the PS1, multiple disc PS1 game. Yeah. And uh, now even playing the demo, because I, I just started the demo today, Yay. it just looks so beautiful. It's yeah. just... It he wasn't. Yeah. He wasn't gonna do it. He wasn't gonna. He was gonna, gonna wait until the game came out. And yeah, I'm on that I'm, same I'm train too. Pretty. Yeah, I'm usually pretty strict on like, no, I want to be surprised. I want to play the whole thing. But um, I'm also a procurer of things. <laughs> and ah. the moment I see anything available, like uh, I want yeah. that. So when I saw the uh, the free um, theme. It, once you play the demo that you get after it, yeah. uh, I immediately okay. I, I have to get the theme. Yeah, I want Square it. Enix yep. is pretty smart. They uh, mm-hmm. they know how to how yeah. to market things. <laughs> yeah, especially now they're going to be doing with Butterfinger and Crunch Bars. Oh yeah, there's a lot going on. Yeah, yeah there's a I lot need of to fun try stuff. And track they just some of those got down the little now. Um, cloud yep. emote for Twitter for our hashtag. Yep. Saw that. Um, and then I thought I saw an Instagram filter. Did I see something like that? Was that Square or did someone else do that? Like, was that I, like a? I don't know. I don't spend a ton of time on Instagram as much oh, as I gotcha. should. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, uh, I saw. I think it must have been a Reddit post where um, it's like, "What Final Fantasy VII remake character are you?" And it'll like scroll through. Oh, nice. Um, I think that, it's one of that. That's that might have yeah. been fan made. I'm not sure. Yeah, I might have to try that. <laughs> you should. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, it's funny you talk about like fourteen stuff. I actually did play a little Realm Reborn. Yeah. I started out as a dragoon, and then I just didn't have the time. And I was like, well, you know, what was it, twelve, fifteen bucks a month at the time? I was like, yeah, I, I don't need to be spending that right now, and <laughs> haven't gone back. But Jason, oh, every I'm... year we go to every time we go to E3, right? We know where he's going to be over at the Square Enix booth, oh, in the, don't the fourteen line, don't getting the shirts. Yeah. 
Don't hate. I'm not like, hate. I'll, I'll be there again this year. Yeah, you know, that's, 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 fine. Well, that's the mission know? every yeah. year is to get the shirt. But play Jason, the you have to I work lost, this time. I'm you actually have to work at E3. That's, that's <laughs> what the that's what the first day for us is gonna be. You know, work. You know, <laughs> getting my shirt the work way. You know. <laughs> of right. Exactly. Uh, but uh, no, like they always they always joke around with me because every year at E3 they have the realm they have the Final Fantasy XIV uh, battle contest. Yeah. And I am ready again. Hopefully they'll be there again with an, one of the newer ones. Well, at, at PAX, they did Ruby Weapon. Oh, that would have been such a good shirt. I hope they're, they're Yeah, it's a really cool shirt. <laughs> really I, cool. Uh, I didn't want to wait in line. So I said, hey, can I get a shirt? And they were like, for you. Yeah. Yes. If they yeah. said no, I would have been surprised. Yeah, that would have been like, ridiculous. No. Like, really? um, like, oh I, was, I was told no at, a, at E3 last year. Um, and part of the reason why is because, A, I didn't ask early enough, but they made these um, special edition, the um, the art that um, ha- I think it had like Sephiroth and it was all flaming and like uh-huh. I think Nomura himself drew it. Um, it, it was put on a T-shirt and um, those T-shirts were super special edition oh, and okay. they were given out I randomly to yeah. one set of yeah. people who went through the demo line yeah. each day. I knew it. I, yeah, so they I really only had it. like they only had they must have only had you know thirty of these shirts total. And yeah. at the end of E three, I was like, hey, can I get one of those? And they were like, we're they're gone. We have no uh, more for you. Yeah, I remember seeing. And one I think of those. you, I think you said something about that, and we were like, they have to. I think they only choose one yeah. a day. I went yeah. through the demo twice to try and get one of those shirts. Yeah, we did. The chances of that, very, very small. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we're all in the same boat here. Didn't get that cool shirt. Want, want. But it was worth it playing the demo twice. because oh, then, good. Yeah, because then I started playing it like I did. You know, I was like, okay, cool. I understand the battle system pretty thoroughly. Mm-hmm. I want to see how fast, you know, just how quickly I could do it, you know, oh, just, sure, yeah. just do the final boss. So it was kind of fun. Cause I, for me, final fantasy 13 is my favorite final fantasy game. So to me, the ATB gauge, mm-hmm. how you're interacting, how you're attacking, that is straight out of 13. So for mm-hmm. me, it was like immediately fingers starting to twitch that, you know, you're so used to switching with lightning, switching her paradigms and everything. It was, I love it. And I can't wait to see what else they've packed into said combat system because from what people have been saying that got to uh, play the the media three hour event mm-hmm. or something the other day that yeah. it's just insane how much is in this game. Yeah, um, it's going to be great. You're going to love it. Mm-hmm. So with that, what's been, you know, you talk about the fandom and stuff. <laughs> what's what's it like being introduced to the Final Fantasy fandom and the craziness that comes with it both with packs and um because you did go you went to KoopaCon, right uh-huh yeah in yep. vancouver in november yep so how what's it like seeing that fandom in, up in person and and seeing what it means to people um you know i i i just feel so so grateful to be a part of it of course um so much of of Aerith, but also Final Fantasy in general is, you know, a legacy. It's really been, you know, the original seven came out in, in 97, which was at this point, 23 years ago. So people have had so many, so much time and so many iterations of this character to love her, you know, from Kingdom Hearts to Advent Children, Crisis Core. And, um, when people come up to me and say, you know, how much, Aerith means to them. And usually <laughs> a little pet peeve of mine, usually they say Aerith. Um, <laughs> they walk up and they go, Oh, Aerith means so much to me. Um, which that doesn't usually bother me. Um, I was talking about it earlier. It doesn't bother me if people say she's Aerith to me because I understand that. Um, but don't like correct me on how it's spelled in the remake. <laughs> it's not spelled that way. <laughs> so, um, when people come up to me, and uh, tell me how much she means to them. Mostly, I feel a little sense of, man, I hope I did it right. I hope I did her justice. Um, and I hope they picked the right person for the job, Square Enix. Um, I hope that uh, 
that I can honor her legacy. Um, mostly that's sort of how that has been. Like I know that people have like action figures of her and posters on their wall of her. And, and it's just kind of crazy that I get to be a part of something so loved. It is a little bit of pressure, but mostly it's just Mm -hmm. very exciting that, that I get this introduction to her character too, because I wasn't super familiar with uh, any of the seven characters before this process. So on the video game piece of that side, what was it? What was your favorite part of making the game? Favorite part of making the game. That won't, that won't violate an NDA. Sure. (laughs) Um, So I think one of the most like surprising things, but one of the coolest was doing all the battle cries um, and like grunts (laughs) and stuff. That's, um, that's right yeah, yeah 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 i'm surprisingly good at it and i don't know why <laughs> um yeah i have like a really difficult time with dialogue but when it comes to battle grunts like this girl's a one take wonder and i i <laughs> I, I, I attribute yeah. it to just playing a lot of video games so i've heard a lot of battle cries and grunts in my head over the years and being able to like replicate them but with my own twist and and accurate to the character is something that i just have so much fun with and i don't get in my head about it at all you just kind of like let a sound out and you just imagine the scenario imagine the context you let a sound out and then you try it a couple more times and and it's so fun for me That's cool. That's so fun. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, I think nice. that that is the most just like genuine, clean, fun part of the process. What was it like finally getting to meet some of those voice <clears throat> actors at at PAX? Because I know for a lot of times you guys didn't actually see each other face to face recording so, wise. Right. So obviously I had met John and Erica before, but this was my first time meeting Gideon and Britt. Um, great people. Amazing people. And so interesting that... Somehow Square Enix managed to, or the casting director managed to cast people based on their essence. So, um, you know, Brit was exactly how you'd expect her to be. She was, she was so sweet and so warm and so perfectly Tifa and Gideon Mm. was like, so, you know, charming and so leading Mm -hmm. man and so perfectly big. (laughs) Um, it just just every moment of it, you feel like you're meeting the characters. And I think they did that on purpose because it is yeah. it is stunning. It's great. And what's funny is that when I was playing the demo and it came to Jesse, because I've been following Erica on Twitter for a while, especially yeah. with like Fire Emblem um, for Three Houses and stuff. I started following a lot of the voice actors from that. And just kind of seeing how she is in, in her pictures and how her essence is on Twitter. And then all I could see is her face on Jesse <laughs> saying yes. the lines in the game. And it was like, wow, it just, it fits. Yes. Um, it really does. Especially, you know, with John, with Barrett and like hearing oh it and like, gosh. that's the weirdest thing talking to him, like in person. Right. And then you see, you hear him doing his lines. I'm like, that's John. <laughs> yeah. You know, but it was probably perfect. The biggest discrepancy actually is that Barrett's, voice and how he is for a big portion of the beginning of the game is he's very mistrusting of cloud. He's very snappy and snarky at him. Doesn't trust him. Doesn't like him, but you don't see his like warmer colors until later. Whereas with John immediate warm warmth Mm -hmm. as a human being, like he just immediately makes you feel so settled and comforted just yeah. by him as a as a human and and it's it's stunning and I like want to learn the techniques and I want to learn the ways because gosh if I could make everybody feel that good just by meeting them the world would be a much better place because John is is amazing He's a very yeah he's a very sweet yeah. man especially yes. Matt and I ended up uh, th- like how we got him on the show was we first met him at E3 during, I think it was our the first. Run it was of the, the demo. first run of the demo. Um, yeah, we were in there. Jerry was off in one corner. I was up in the front <laughs> row. Here's John in a ball cap. So I didn't even recognize him or anything. And he's got Noah with him, his son. Yeah, and we all go in. I'm sitting there playing. He walks up and just starts talking to me about it. Yep. So him yeah. and I after <laughs> after the demo, we went off on the side. We were talking about it, and it it's history because I'll sit there, uh, you know. 
he I actually consider him a friend now um, yeah. just yeah. from, you know, being on the podcast a couple yeah. of times and us talking about things. Um, he was there quite a bit, you know, help out with my mother because with him losing his mom. So he, him and I were able to, to talk about it and he helped me yeah. through a really hard time for me. And um, so, yeah, John, that whole warmth and settling. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I think I think it's actually getting... on the level of superpower. And it's really hard for, for me to express properly mm-hmm. how dramatic his aura is. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like it, it, it really is a it was, superpower. It was, yeah. It's very weird. Cause Matt was just saying it after literally when we left the demo, um, we thought like, Oh, okay, man, we'll see you later. But like we, we started talking to him and his son after the demo, getting to know him. His yeah. son is kind of following his footsteps. He's going into voice acting. It was just, it, he was just like the sweetest guy. Yeah. And it was just so great to have him on the show and like just to be able to meet him. Yeah, he was very sweet. And I, I totally understand what you both are saying because, yeah. yeah. And speaking of with John and stuff, I mean, it the episode of you guys streaming on your Twitch channel. Yeah. FF7 was great. <laughs> just yeah. the way you guys, you guys were playing off of each other and whatnot. So I have to ask, I mean, what got you into doing Twitch? Oh, well, I actually um, started my YouTube channel back in 2015, and I started uh, with my brother actually playing video games as a a channel called Sibling Rivalry, Uh, and uh, a few months later, he uh, wanted to go back to school and focus on that, and YouTube does take up a lot of time when you're really serious about it, which I was. So he just didn't have the time for it anymore. So I rebranded as Strange Rebel Gaming. That's I tried to keep the SR for sibling rivalry. That's why Strange nice. Rebel. Nice. Um, so honoring my roots. Um, and then, you know, part of YouTube strategy, part of being a content creator, the strategy from the very beginning was diversify, 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 because you never know when YouTube is going to pop off and, you know, mm-hmm. a, a big ad pop at bad apocalypse or demonetization and it's just not going to be a viable strategy anymore or worse you're hit by um you know mature content the algorithm doesn't like you anymore so like Mm -hmm. when your content or when your entire business strategy is based on a single platform you are going to have a problem if that platform doesn't behave the way that your business wants it to behave so immediately um twitch was something that i started looking into because it was really coming up at the time and it was starting to get huge and so i thought okay well how can I make this work for me to, um, use the same amount of content, but be able to use it for both platforms. And so I kind of created this like hybrid, uh, content strategy that involved live streaming all my content on Twitch first, then pulling all of that and editing it for YouTube yep. in a way that is optimized for both of them, which has been really hard because they're both very different platforms. They have both different viewers and desires and, and, um, ways that you can interact with both, both platforms effectively. That's a great idea. Yeah. 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 It is a challenge, but it is, it is a crap ton of work. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, um, coming from a fellow editor, I understand how much time that takes, especially when you're, when you're streaming from Twitch and then you have to get everything to focus on like entertaining for YouTube because it is, it is totally different. You're absolutely right. And yeah, uh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. One of the hardest things is, um, being able to, you know, one of the biggest uh, positives of Twitch is that it's interactive and you're talking with the chat the entire time. However, on YouTube, if you're posting content where you're having a conversation with someone else and YouTube viewer doesn't get to be involved, it feels like, well, why the heck am I watching? Mm -hmm. So watching back a conversation that you don't get to be a part of, people don't really like on YouTube. So, I've had to come up with a strategy of what I call immersed mode. And that is when I'm playing a story-based game, I don't interact with the chat so that it cuts better to YouTube. Oh, oh good, idea. good yeah. idea. You don't, you don't, you don't put like a little pause and like, right. Uh, and just to chat with them. And then that's exactly I, it. So I, I take so little pausing using, moments to chat with the, the audience on Twitch. Your film, your film background to, to help yourself with anything. Yeah, I mean, I've been doing it for a long time and my focus has always been on high quality content and how can I make the most of my time? And um, that's just kind of the strategy that I've stumbled upon and uh, refined over time as well. It hasn't been easy. That's some good advice, though. 
yeah that are really, that really be, you know twitchers and i mean like for me it's like i think my only my only downside is because i don't really gain you know stream or that much or all that is that twitch doesn't archive your stuff so you can only, it only it's there for like a week and then it's gone unless you're an unless affiliate. you highlight it yeah oh it's an affiliate only thing okay i didn't know that yeah yeah Gotcha. Yeah, you have to hit this certain tier, and then it's all your content's there. Whereas if sure. you're not, you don't have the followers or whatnot. They just drop it. So I think that's where yeah, you know, we've used YouTube a little bit more is because we can just archive it. We can get on. We can do our videos here and there when we have the time to do it, and then you well, know, it's all there. A lot of people will say, you know, as a content creator, Twitch is so much better because X, Y, Z. And I'll be honest, Twitch is much easier to monetize. There's a culture of monetization mm-hmm. there that just isn't the same on YouTube where they expect free content. And it's weird for you to ask for to be paid for that. Yeah. Um, but the bonus about YouTube is that that exact feature that you're talking about is that you can post something and eight years later, it's still getting views. Mm-hmm. So being able to make your content evergreen is something that is super, super valuable as well, because you only need to do the work as much as it is. It is a lot of work, but you only need to do it that once for that playthrough. And it can bring enjoyment to people for many, many years to come. Oh, yeah. Mm. So I have to ask you, would you prefer streaming on PS4 or the Switch? Interesting. Because uh, I've seen you, I've seen you streaming with both. Because you've done Zelda, you've done you know uh-huh. FF15, all that. Uh, they're the same to me. I, I like them both. I, I don't really notice a difference in streaming either quality or anything based on the console. I notice a big difference when I switch from console to PC. So I do prefer streaming on PC because when I am going through the capture card, I've noticed there's a slight mm-hmm. delay. So I have to sync everything up with that delay. Um, And sometimes it's not always the same amount of Uh, And really quick, what is your your opinion on Breath of the Wild? Because I absolutely love it. And I've... (laughs) Do not bring up... We are not starting this year. Oh, boy. (laughs) I've been made fun of more than enough times from the the group. Because I've done like three or four like full walkthroughs finishing the game. Gotcha. I absolutely love it, but uh, I just wanted to know your opinion. So I actually was working as a booth assistant for Nintendo in 2016 E3 when they Wait, were demoing. We were Breath there. Of the Wild. Oh, what? We're there. Yeah. What? Oh, sure. Yeah. So that that booth was amazing, right? Yeah. Yes. Oh my god. Yeah, that with the was... weather effects and everything, it yeah, was nuts. All of our all of our pictures. I took a bunch of pictures of Jason and myself at, within oh, the booth. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That booth was nuts. Sta- oh, I wanted to steal so many of those stats. They were amazing. <laughs> it, it, yeah. For those of you who don't know, it was everything was life-size Breath of the Wild. The booth mm-hmm. was built yep. to be like you were yeah. just put into the game. Yep. So they had the like yep. stone cooking pot and the barbecue on the spit. And they had like a life-size even, link and a life-size hobgoblin, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. Even, even just walking in, like, because the doors uh-huh. don't open, like. Yes. Oh, it yeah. was so and the light cool. up effects. Oh, you know what's even cooler, you guys, is that they had uh, pressure pads in the floor. And so walking by certain areas would trigger sound effects or some things to interact with wow. you. Whoa. So I'm not Whoa. kidding. Like, that booth was next level. And, yeah. like, there was no oh, yeah. other booth that had done anything like that in the time. Like, everyone's going crazy about the PAX uh, Animal Crossing booth. But, like, that is, like, nothing compared to how the Breath of the Wild booth was for E3 2016. Okay, cool. See, I'm glad so, we did do it. And we had we had to dedicate a whole day. A literal yeah. day. A literal four day just for hours. Zelda. That's terrible and, was, and i'm sorry but it was worth it but i it bet it was it. Yeah. No. yeah oh yeah i hate lines yeah. i'm very line averse so if i wasn't working it i never would have gone in <laughs> oh really seriously i hate lines so much yeah <laughs> see i'm a diehard zelda fan and so when i knew it was there i was like i gotta go play it but i'm in the camp that it's not my favorite I, it doesn't have to be your favorite yeah. i mean i appreciate i absolutely appreciate for what they've done with it i just yeah. There's some things for me I just don't resonate with me as, from that perspective, you know, breaking weapons. And I felt that some of it was pretty easy. But that being said, the work they did to where you're not having any stitched areas, it's just continuous. Mm-hmm. Here it yeah. is. No loads other than going down into the shrines. I mean, yeah. they did an amazing work with it. Yeah. it oh, absolutely. Gorgeous. And, the you know, a lot of people looked at 
Skyward Sword, which is the very previous Zelda title. And it, it did, the formula felt stale. It -hmm. really did. And, um, I think that they had been working on this new formula for a little bit long for, for, for a while before Skyward Sword, um, which is why it felt like Skyward Sword didn't have maybe the attention to detail that, a that a major, uh, Zelda title would normally have. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I enjoyed Skyward Sword, but it was missing that depth that some of the other games have like Twilight mm-hmm. Princess or even Wind Waker, even though oh. it was very cartoony, like the actual character in the, the best story games. had so much depth. Yeah. Um, so I think that, um, with breath of the wild, when I was demoing it for people, they played the first five minutes, maybe 10 minutes, mm-hmm. um, in my area. And, in working all of E3, I got to see hundreds of people go through the demo. Mm-hmm. And what was amazing to me about it is if the object was to get an apple from the tree, some people would walk up to the tree, climb the tree, and pick the apple. Some people would cut the tree down <laughs> to get the apple. Yeah. Some people would get bombs and bomb the tree. To get the apple. (laughs) Some people could shoot the apple down. I mean, there were a hundred million ways to get this apple. And that had never been seen in any Zelda games before. It was totally, it was, it was, you know, Zelda's biggest critique for such a long time was the handholding, was the, the lengthy tutorials that you couldn't get around. It was that you had to, it was completely linear, you know, X item to B item to C Mm -hmm. item. Wow, yes. that, those letters were out of order, but you know what I mean, right? Mm-hmm. So, so they took Zelda's biggest critique, flipped it on its head, and said, "All right, off you go then." Uh, and that's what, what that's yeah. why Breath of the Wild was so so fabulous. And I think that Breath of the Wild is such a perfect title for that game because the whole game felt like a breath of fresh air yeah. with characters that you mm-hmm. love. And um, I, I think it just cannot be applauded enough for that alone. Yeah. That's a perfect Absolutely. summation that's, of that. Yeah, that's a yeah. right on the nose. Yeah. What, are you th- what are your thoughts on the second one that's going to be coming out then? Like, um, I feel it's going to be. Cannot wait. Stoked. <laughs> How I could I be more down, excited? I, I couldn't. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I absolutely cannot wait. Yeah, it's going to be great, I'm sure. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see if they make Zelda a playable character, like a lot of people are thinking from the trailer. Um, yeah, I don't know. That'll be different. It'll be if they go in that route. It'll be. I know it'll make a lot of people happy. The first time she's been playable, she was playable in uh, Spirit Tracks or Phantom Hourglass or one of the. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, she was playable in. Yeah, you are right. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't remember which one it is, though, because <laughs> it's been so long. Yeah, it's kind of like them, a ghosty, so. so I think it's Phantom Hourglass. Very well, mm. yeah. Really? I don't know if I'm remembering that poorly. I don't know. I don't know it's, which one. but it's They're both, like, sequels to each other, so... I gotta ask you, what is your what's your favorite game of all time, since you go back a ways with some of the gaming history? Yikes. Um, game of all time. I can't. I can't, I I know it's a cop out, but I can't do it. I, I have too many favorites. If I'm going by amount of fun had, I I have fun with so many games. If is it hours played? Is it times I've played through? Is it best story? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think you can just can't have one. Like, you can't have one. Like, like I, I would mean, say, what, like, what's your, a decent top, top five? Yeah, I could I could top? try to do I could try to do a top three. Okay, let's see oh, yeah. if I do a top three. Um, Final Fantasy fourteen is in there. Yes, as it should um, be. <laughs> Dragon Age Inquisition is in there. Ooh, okay. Ooh, and then who? What else? <laughs> oh, he's on the through. Oh. <laughs> Uh okay, I'll do top four. Uh, then I have to go with uh, Last of Us or Life is Strange mm-hmm. and Life is Strange. Oh, good nice. ones, yeah. yeah. Which speaking of Last of Us, it came out today that they are working with HBO and Neil Druckmann is going to be executive They're making producer. a TV show. Oh, God, yeah. That's TV right, show. and it's actually going to be on Joel and Ellie's story. Yes, yes. which is great. It'll it'll be amazing to see that reimagined. 
I was just I, I was just talking to to these two about they chose the best company HB. I think for for it to be done right, Last of Us, Absolutely. they needed like either Showtime or HBO, Absolutely. where they allow that kind of freedom because one they are going to need the budget for like the clickers, and two, if they don't even remotely stick to like the gore or like the scariness of the game, it's not going to work, and they need a studio. Agree that will allow you to do that. Yeah. Completely yeah. agree. Yeah, yeah it, it can't I, be censored or it's not the same game. Yeah. Exactly. Well, it can't I can't be tamed down either. It's going to be great. So, Bree, outside of your, your Twitch channel, what have you been able to play lately? I know you've been traveling with packs and whatnot, but what have you been able to play and enjoy? Final Fantasy XIV. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to shout out to like your, your, your FC or, you know... Oh, my FC is is um is all SRG rebels, uh. But uh, yeah, no, that's that's literally all I've had time for, and know. and and only because fourteen I make time for, if that makes <laughs> sense. Yeah. Like I don't just have free time to do whatever I want with it very often. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I I I play I make time for fourteen. <laughs> It's part of my self-care, you guys. <laughs> so, Jerry, Jason, did you guys tra- start your Sekiro challenge yet? That's happening actually after uh, we finish this uh, yeah. recording tonight because uh, Jerry flaked on me on Tuesday. I wasn't mentally prepared yet. I wasn't. I wasn't <laughs> ready. I'm ready today. I think. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'm, gonna so, I'm gonna get so upset. I know. I know. <laughs> 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 We're in for doozy. Have you have you have you heard anything about uh, Sekiro? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Have you have you tried it at all or or no. anything? Okay. No, that sounds like a hard game, and those aren't fun for me. Well, yeah. it was deemed one of the toughest games of the year. Yeah, and, like, like it's, it's like a Dark Souls kind of. Yeah, it's a rage yeah. game, and it's yeah. not my jam. Yeah. And not it's, for me. Very rarely will I get into the like I've done Dark Souls, and I um, I've raged out of that. Uh, but this was so much, uh, like, I love the samurai lore and all of that and like ninja games. Right. Yeah. I want to try it. I've seen enough gameplay. I know what I'm getting into. So, uh, yeah, I'm ready. Kind Come of. On. One of the biggest things though is because it started <laughs> because, uh, both me and Jerry actually saw each other at black Friday when, oh, yeah. they, were, when they were on sale and Will was like, yeah, what's up, man? And he's picking up the same game as me. I was like, okay. okay. You know, you know, one day we're going to have to play this <laughs> at the same time. Or And I'm more than happy to have company while I'm playing because I, I, exactly. I, I, please talk me down. Buddy talk <laughs> he wants to use the game sharing feature and let Jason take over. Oh, fun. <laughs> He's like, yeah, oh, sure. You know what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm ready for that. That's the new game that I'm going to be playing. Although, uh, yeah, going to finish the Final Fantasy VII game. And more of Death Stranding. Nice. Jason, what do you got? What have you been um, playing? I've jumped back onto uh, Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, it's been long overdue. I was in a lot of different places the last few months, but uh, finally jumping back on it. I'm re-leveling everything. Uh, you know, I just started Shadowbringers and then just stopped. And I was like, Ugh. What? Yeah. Oh, oh, like, stop just before Shadowbringers. <laughs> no, I, I, I started and I was like, okay, and I'll play through. But like a lot of things happened at the end of last year, so I was like, I need to put this on the back burner for a second. Now I'm back on it again. All right. Yeah. Well, Shadowbringers is epic and a lot of fun. Like, uh, it's my, really, really good content. My little Lollafell, you know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> little potato. Potatoes. Yeah, so but. I fired up uh, Division again. Oh, he's back. He's back. Warlords in, the... in New York launched. Oh, the, <laughs> was, the season what, pass and all that. What made it so hard was right. I was geared up for Warlords of New York to drop because I've I love Division. Um, I know Jerry's quit, but. You should come back. But, like, I woke up that Monday. I'm going to play some Division. I'm going to play some Warlords. Square Enix said, hey, guess what, guys? Your demo's here. And I was like, well, I know what I'm going to do. Yeah. Of course. Um, But, no, play that. Um, And 
Jason and Jerry will be very happy to hear that I fired back up Luigi's Mansion 3. Yeah. Nice. Back. Um, I had, talking about rage quitting, Yeah. the Floor <laughs> 9 boss made me rage quit twice and throw my controller. <laughs> so wow. it's because you're in a pool, it's hard to control the little floating duck you're on, and the pool is lined with spikes. So the boss can hit you with a mine, which takes your life down, which knocks you into the spikes, which takes your life down. Um, so it was one of those just that it was hard to control. So I, I literally rage quit and I hadn't touched the game since November. So <laughs> so last night I fired it up. My son, my two year old decided he wants to come over and sit and watch Luigi's Mansion. So we sat there and played it and first shot at it, beat the boss. I was like, OK, cool. We're good. See? Nice. So now See? I can. It was your boy. Keep on going. He just your boy because he calms you down. Break. Need to focus. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, Jerry, you know, you know how Cody is. Yeah. <laughs> No, they, no, he's uh, he's such a funny little kid. <laughs> he's gotten better. Yeah. <laughs> now that he's talking. <laughs> <laughs> the one of the cutest every once in a while when uh, when we're doing our podcast and he wants to play. Uh, Matt gave him his own like controller, so he's yep. always like playing with dad. But he's got oh, a, yeah, he's got a uh, TS2 controller. <laughs> he has a um, off-brand Switch Pro controller. But then he's kind of claimed the SNES Switch controller. Nice. I ordered a pair of them for my wife and I, and he's kind of claimed my <laughs> wife's controller as his. So he'll pick it up and hold it and think he's playing with it, especially like when we play Mario Kart. He'll sit there and think he's playing with <laughs> us, and occasionally so we'll uh, we'll fire it up and put it on the the auto turn, auto braking, and all that, and just kind of let him play and do his thing. And he has fun with it. So. Yeah, I bet. So, Bree, got to ask you, before we yeah. kind of wind out for the night, we have a question that we ask all of our guests. Okay. What is your favorite game for game night when you have game night with your friends and family? Oh, video game. No, it, it doesn't matter. Video board, game, board game, card game, game, card game, like any, what is the family game that you guys tend to gravitate to when, whenever the family's together, like... What's the family game night game? Gosh, I don't I don't really do family game nights. I went, you know, when I was younger and I like lived with my immediate family, um, we would play video games together. Um, okay. I have so many memories of us playing Diablo 2 and uh, Ocarina wow. of Time. Nice. Yeah. Um, what, what? Oh, yeah. We were a very oddball family. A little oh, I'm child I'm playing Diablo 2 is very strange. I'm right, I'm right there with you. My family, if we weren't playing Monopoly and it was just the kids, we actually would fire up Carmen Sandiego on Sega. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Using so, um, the to find them. Yeah, it was. Yeah, we love that game. Jerry, so we know I how you are with Monopoly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I would say, like, those are, like, my childhood memories. But as far as, like... Now, if I want to do a game night with like my friends, it'll either be uh, one of two things. It'll either be Jackbox or Cards Against Humanity. Yes. <laughs> either of those. Both great. Yeah. 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 Jack, Jackbox. Yeah. Jackbox is a lot of fun. So fun. Yeah. Yeah. We've actually uh, the fourth member of our podcast, which should make it tonight, Theo. He when he comes out in August, he's bringing Cards Against Muggles. With. Oh, that sounds fun. And I saw. No, it's its own standalone. Oh, it's yeah, it's just like hard because it's humanity, version. Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah, nice. And, and there's I, also a Disney version yeah. too. Oh, I, I would love to really see that. Really funny. I bet that could yeah. be very, very interesting. So yeah, I'd have um, to check it out. So Bree, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you as far as both on Twitch and on your uh, social media? Yeah, I think Instagram, where can't everything. they find me is the better question. <laughs> of course, I'm on YouTube as Strange Rebel Gaming. Uh, but if you just search Brianna White, you can find me there, too. Uh, on Twitch, I'm at The Strange Rebel. And I'm also at The Strange Rebel on Instagram and Twitter. That's kind of my more content-focused uh, Instagram channels and social medias. Uh, so that's where I'll post, you know, hey, new gameplay or hey, I'm live right now or anything related to the industry of streaming. Whereas um, because I kind of wear multiple hats, I also have social media for just 
Brianna and kind of like Mm -hmm. Brianna acting and modeling stuff, which is a little bit separate. So you can find me there on Instagram and Twitter at it's Brianna white. Very nice. All right. Well, I want to absolutely thank you for coming on tonight and absolutely giving us yet another voice actor from the cast. That's right. You know, yeah. you definitely want to, I would love to have Erica on here and, and Gideon and Cody and Tyler and all of them, you know, just get everybody, you know, Brit. So, ah. you know, hopefully John can work his magic. Cause I know he's been kind of trying to, he's, he's trying to, he's trying to do that, but uh, no, we're just, you know, a bunch of fans. And honestly, the, you guys, what you guys are doing is amazing and you guys deserve to be out there because you know, to a lot of people, they don't know, you know, like you're acting, right. They just know you, you're Aerith, you know, they don't know what other projects you've been in. So it allows us to shine a light on you guys outside of final fantasy. Yeah. So we're very happy for all of your success. Thank you so much for coming on here. And yes, thank you. And like, like Matt said, uh, we are huge fans of this game and, the fact that you're helping bring that to life to a new generation uh-huh. is just so exciting for all of us. And uh, we can't wait. And believe me, we know you're going to do a great job. <laughs> Serve all of the, all, all, all of the, the, the celebration coming around it. So thank you so much. Yes. I want to give a special thank you as well. You know, as a fellow final fantasy 14 player yeah <laughs> uh but just overall like you know i'm looking forward to hearing all of you guys in final fantasy again final fantasy 7 um like it's it's one of those that we grew up with as a childhood like a childhood of playstation yep. 1 all the way to now coming out playstation 4 or 5 it's yeah. going to be amazing um ironically it's going to be now that it got pushed back, it ironically got pushed back to my wife, me and my wife's uh, anniversary. Oh my goodness. So we are actually <laughs> going to uh, pick it up and spend a, a good few hours just the oh. both of us playing it. You know? Oh, that's so cool. Sweet, she, loves, she loves the game and she, she wants to play it yeah. as much. And oh, both great. of us are on kind of like no media, no like eyes closed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm <laughs> and it's, what's, what's the, the demo said, oh, there's a uh, something you get at the end. I was like, oh, man, I don't know. <laughs> yep. yeah, it's a 50-50 now. It's a 50-50 now. And but. FF7 is going to be the game, the next game I play with my my son, Cody. We we finished Spider-Man. We finished God of War together. And I was playing the demo on classic mode so he can actually hit the buttons. That's great. And kind of oh, do it. And perfect. I am going to do a playthrough on classic just with him just to let him kind of enjoy it. Good. So it's. It's a generational thing. So, um, yep. So to all our listeners, I want to thank you for crashing game night with us and Bree tonight. If you like what you heard, always leave those comments, hit those subscribe buttons on the platform of your choice. Mm -hmm. I want to say everyone be excellent to each other and stay frosty. Later nerds. Bye. Later. (laughs) Night everybody.